Ryan Horvath, correct. I am here. PJ Glasser, though, filling in for Nick, filling in for Trista. One man can do the job of two. That's how damn good PJ Glasser is. And we don't really let him go home either. I think he's, well, he's not in studio tonight at least, but the host ascended in. You heard him on with uh, Ken Barkley yesterday on You Better You Bet, the number one sports betting podcast in the world. Hashtag people do forget. PJ, the hardest working man in show business. Uh, we're going to talk with another hardworking man. I see this guy all over the place as well, Cam Rogers. Uh, in fact, let's just get to him live right now because he also is with me on Penn State tonight. Seven and a half point dogs. We've missed two corner threes that would have cut the lead to four. I'm about to have an aneurysm over here, Cam, so I'm sorry. National TV host over at Stadium and uh, also with the Believe Network as well. Does great work. Cam, uh, you said it right when we were coming in from the break. It was an unfortunate thing that happened with Tiger Woods. You know, even if Tiger's not going to be in contention, I don't think he's going to finish top 20. I don't know that he's ever going to win another major. It's probably not going to happen. I just love watching him. Um, now I'm getting excited for Charlie, his son. I think he's going to be a mm. legend. Um, but kind of talk about what you saw last week. Your biggest takeaway is, um, you know, Hideki comes through. And I did not have any Hideki, so I was a very sad man. I was all over JT last week. Um, you know, what was your recap from last weekend? Yeah, great to be with you guys, as always. Listen, the situation with Tiger Woods is as such. It's going to be a roller coaster ride as we try to figure out if this guy can play four competitive rounds of golf. And 50% of the time, dating back to the car crash, the answer has been no, whether it was by way of withdrawal or by missing the cut. Now, this seemed to be an anomaly of sorts, like he got the flu. I will say he had In-N-Out Burger that morning, and I hear In-N-Out is extremely overrated, and it's even more overrated in my book. If that burger got Tiger Woods sick, and we couldn't watch him on the weekend because of it, but, you know, all seriousness here, I think that what we saw from him in the first round was encouraging from a driver perspective, like I talked about on the show prior to the tournament last week. The driver was looking pretty good going into the week, and... Sure enough, it was solid. The power's there. The swing speed is there. The putter was decent as well. The irons still are loosey-goosey. He's going to have to figure that out. And listen, guys, I know Tiger has mentioned that he will only play one tournament a month. Can we really count what we just saw last week? Meaning, maybe we see him twice in March. I'm thinking maybe the API along with the Players' Championship. If he does not play two tournaments, he has no shot at competing at the Masters because he just doesn't have enough reps. Yeah, and he's been great at the Arnold Palmer Invitational in uh, in his previous starts there. So that'll be interesting. Cam, let's talk about the Mexico Open. So Tony Finau, they've only played here twice before. This is the third time they're teeing it up here. Finau won it last year, runner-up the year before. Clear favorite, plus 800 right now on BetMGM. If you had to bet Finau this week, would you bet him to win again? Would you just bet him top five at plus money, top 10? Like, how would you approach Finau, or is he a pass for you this week? For the most part, he's going to be a pass. I will never bet on a golfer at 8-1. to one. I'm sorry, I just won't do it, especially in a field of over 130 players, especially in a field of golfers who are extremely talented and have better numbers, in my opinion, kind of like a Thomas Detry or Taylor Pendrith. Now, it's interesting, the Mexico Open the last couple of years has been conducive to the favorite winning, right? 
John Rahm two years ago was extreme chalk. I think he was like, guys, plus 300. And then Tony Finau a year ago. But this season has been the season of the 100 to 1 or longer winners on the PGA Tour. So I would not be surprised to see that theme continue. Although my pick to win is in the 20s range. I would rather bet on a golfer outright there as opposed to plus 800, plus 700. I just think the talent pool of the PGA Tour is so darn good nowadays that it's really hard to talk yourself into such a short number there. All right, so I want to ask you about a couple golfers, but let's just go right there. So you said your guys in the 20 range. Uh, Who do you like as far as the outright market this weekend? Taylor Pendrith is my guy to get it done over at BetMGM. Nice, juicy number there. I like it a lot. Fantastic driver of the golf ball. Elite long irons. That's going to be the case and the key here this week in terms of playing at Vidanta. Long golf course. You got to have the driver. Got to have the long irons. Top 25 in this field in carry distance. Strokes gained off the tee on driver-heavy courses with a low missed fairway penalty. That is the case here on this golf course and all overall approach play. So Taylor Pendrith is a guy that I'm keying in on. T9 at the Farmers Insurance Open. And by the way, five top 15s in his last seven starts. Really solid on these past Palm greens as well. These are not complex greens, guys. This is going to be a birdie fest here this week. You want high upside players. And I think Taylor Pendrith fits the bill here. Cam, a golfer I'm going back and forth on this week is another fellow Cam, Cameron Champ, because he's missed all four cuts in all four of his starts. Like you said, this course favors longer hitters. Nobody really hits it farther than Cam Champ. That's what he's known for. Two top 10 finishes here in the past. 55 to 1 for Cam Champ this week, even though he's been so bad this season. Do you think he could be worth a look? I love me some Cam out there on the PGA Tour. Cam Young, Cam Champ, they are good players. Cam Davis as well. I've got the whole roster. Uh, Listen, I think Cam Champ is always live to win a PGA Tour event just based on talent alone. And this is his classic resume, right? I mean, missed cut, missed cut, missed cut, T23, then he wins, right? Then he pops off. So as far as course fit is concerned, this week makes a lot of sense for him. You mentioned it. He's got the course history at this tournament. So worth a sprinkle at 55 to 1. I wish the number was a little bit longer, but he does have that resume playing well here at this tournament. But I would not talk you out of it. Cam Champ is always a guy who can just kind of burst out of nowhere and win. I will never bet on Cam Champ to win a tournament just because you'll never see it coming. But if you want to, PJ, it could make some sense. Talking with Cam Rogers right now. Uh, talking some Mexico Open. How do you feel about Mav McNeely? Not so much the outright market, but like I saw a top 20 over at BetMGM plus 240. I believe he was 6th in Phoenix, 16th in ball striking. Obviously, he hasn't really been right the last couple years. He's had the injury, but uh, how do you feel about him this weekend? Ryan, are you looking at my Google Doc right now? Because I am on Maverick McNeely in the top 20 market, plus 240. You love that number, too. Three straight made cuts, including a T6 in Phoenix, gaining 2.6 strokes on approach. Remember, we talk about ball striking being a more reliable stat than, say, putting or short game, which is more volatile. By the way, his best finish in Phoenix in two and a half years on the PGA Tour. So that is very notable for McNeely coming back from that injury as you described. Much like who? Will Zalatoris a week ago who I talked about on this show for a top 20 at some solid plus money. And Zalatoris nearly won the tournament. So 
I like McNeely a lot in the top 20 market for sure. Cam, I know a guy who's really popular this week is Keith Mitchell. He's taking some money at BetMGM. Yeah. He was at 28 to 1. Now he's down to 25 to 1. Makes sense. Another one of these long hitters probably should have a good week. Even though he's dropped in price, do you think he could still be worth a bet at the Mexico Open? You know, it's interesting. Killa Keith Mitchell is one of my fades here this week. I just think he's a little too loose with his irons right now. Yes, the driver will always be there, but he can get really loosey with the approach game, and then the putter can get extremely ice cold. And sometimes when you have a birdie fest, you need that combination of elite driving and red-hot putting. He doesn't have that second part right now. So I'm probably going to stay away from Keith Mitchell. Beware the Keith Mitchell train, but still a talented player. He could certainly win on the PGA Tour here this season. Just not for me here this week. Anybody else that you would look at? You know, maybe if you're getting a good live price um, after day one, maybe heading into Friday or maybe heading into the weekend or just maybe anybody that you're staying away from as well. Yeah, keep an eye on Johnny Vegas. Right now, I've got a bet on him for top South American at 4-2-1. You love that number, but I could see him playing well after round one and then potentially live betting him to win this thing. I like where his game is trending. Third in opportunities gained over the last 24 rounds. Played great in Phoenix. Did sputter toward the end, but he was still top 25. And he typically plays well in these resort-style settings, right, where birdies are all over the place. It's beautiful weather. You're usually by the water. You've got the bunkering to deal with, but still, it's a relatively easy golf course. That is the case here this week. So keep an eye on Johnny Vegas, top South American, but also to win this thing. So, Cam, obviously we were just doing the West Coast Swing. You know, we were having Torrey, Pebble Beach, Waste Management Open, obviously Riviera last week. They're taking a little bit of a break going to Mexico, and then we got the Florida Swing. Just as a handicapper in golf, is there anything that you can tell listeners maybe what the big difference is when we go from the West Coast down to Florida? Yeah, some major changes, and here's what I'll tell you. Wind and water and volatility. That is the theme of the Florida Swing. These golf courses are different than what you saw during the California Swing. You saw more of the Parkland-style golf courses out there on the West Coast with the tree-lined style and all of that, less water to deal with. Some weather actually was the case over in the California Swing, but certainly so here in Florida in March. Keep an eye on that. I think course history is extremely reliable at these golf courses. If you play well at the Honda or the Valspar or the API routinely, you're probably going to play well going forward in the future. Same can be said, by the way, if you struggle in these tournaments, you want to stay away from those players. Control of the flight of the golf ball. If you cannot keep your apex low as a golfer, playing in Florida, you are likely going to struggle. Think about the same logic at the British Open, right? You want to keep that ball flight low to deal with all of that wind. The same can be said here in Florida. A lot of crazy wind situations. A lot of these golf courses are exposed as well. So keep an eye on all of that as we go forward. It's going to be extremely difficult to handicap as it always is during the Florida swing, but then it gets to Chalktown, which is the Masters, and it gets a little bit easier. So there you go. Cam, I usually get sad this time of the year because we don't have college football. We don't have the NFL. I'm kind of out on the NBA. Love college hoops, but, like, the most exciting part about college hoops is always, like, the Sunday or Saturday CBS game, and I get the Masters preview. PJ asked me last time we did a show together if I've placed any Masters futures. I don't know if you have. I don't want to put you on the spot, but is there any early looks? I'm just looking at it right now. Scheffler's the favorite, 8-1. Mm. to one. Rahm's 9-1. to one. Any early looks 
or anybody that maybe you would target? I mean, it's February 21st. We obviously have some time. Yeah, definitely stalk my social media because I'm a big trends guy when it comes to the Masters and yeah. strokes gained T2 green going into Augusta National paramount. One guy I'm looking at right now is Xander Shoffley. He might be the most complete player on the PGA Tour right now, not named Scotty Scheffler. The driver is elite. That's the number one corollary stat to success at Augusta National. Driving distance. Xander has that. The resume at major championships is there. The birdie-making ability is there. He dominates par fives. Put that all together. By the way, good course history. Xander Shoffley would be my early, 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 way too early pick to win at Augusta National, so keep an eye on him. And then, Cam, obviously when we get to Augusta and the other majors, that's when we start to see the live guys again. Has there been any adjustment in your process? Obviously, now that more golfers have gone over to live, we've had some more time, some more data with them out of these events. Has there been any change to, to how you go about betting golf? Absolutely, because last year I was like, listen, guys, I have no idea how Brooks Kepka and Dustin Johnson are going to play when they're basically playing in what is the single A, triple A's, double A of the PGA Tour. I mean, honestly, Live Golf still does not stand up to the PGA Tour as far as talent. So, listen, we learned a lot. Dustin played well. Brooks played well. You saw some good play from the Live guys. Like, it's time to start taking them seriously in a major championship capacity going forward now. So my process is definitely going to change. I will study the results of Live Tour for these guys, and I will apply that potentially to success at these major championships. People like Brooks Kepka, Dustin, Sergio, I'm not going to write them off. John Rahm, by the way, is on Live now. Definitely not going to write him off. So... Listen, my approach this year is a lot different. I'm going to actually respect these guys as opposed to being like, eh, maybe I'll stay away. I just don't understand if maybe the live results are going to translate to good results in major championships. We learned that they can. All right. Thanks so much, Cam. Good luck this weekend. Uh, I'm going to tell all your bets. Hopefully I'm not the mush. And uh, <laughs> next time we talk, we got to talk a little Charlie Woods in the pre-qualifier. Yes. I'm, I'm pretty excited for that, man. Thanks so much. Good luck this week, man. Thanks, Cam. Thank you, guys. Take care. Always really good stuff with Cam Rogers right there, host over at uh, Stadium and employee number one at the Believe Network, which I like. I'm employee number one here at the BetQL Network. Actually, Peach, that's a lie. You're number 1A, Costos is 1B, Ken's 1C, and then I fall like G right next to the weekend guys and the fill-in guys. 75-70 Illinois, Peach. Can you feel the electricity? in Bethesda. Damn it! Every time I get excited, Illinois hits like a contested three at the top of the key. 78-70. Yeah, you if really need Penn home, State. You need yeah. Penn State because yeah. Miami's going to be a loser. Uh, St. John's is going to make a sweat. So, you, you, you need the you need the Nets to come through for you. Yeah. It's a big bet for me, too. Uh, we'll take a quick break. When we come back, we got to talk a little bit about the San Francisco 49ers, who are once again the favorites in the NFC, but should they be? But MGM Tonight continues. Ryan Horvath, PJ Classer on the BetQL Network. Gardner Johnson in for Joseph, who leaves. Here's Purdy with a lot of time. Steps into one. Launching deep, going for Brandon Ayuk. It is. Oh, he caught it up the ricochet. Penalty. Is he in? He's down to the five. We'll see what the penalty is. What a play from Ayuk. We'll see if it stands. Now, back to BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network. Presented by BetMGM. 
Brandon Ayuk. Nice little catch in the NFC title game. Fox on the call right there. Uh, shout out to our guests tonight, Meg McDonald and Cam Rogers. Gave you some golf picks. If you missed anything, check out the podcast. When the show ends, of course, at 11 p.m. Eastern, wherever you find your podcast. Also, check out all the shows here on the BetQL Network. Check us out on Twitch. Check us out on YouTube. You got the Daily Tip. You got BetQL Daily. You better you bet. Us, you got Send It In. You got the weekend shows, which are all great. Rob Brown, Cody Decker, those guys are maniacs. I worry about their uh, cholesterol. They're eating 85 Chicken McNuggets. Good thing Cody hits the gym every day. You know, because Oh, yeah, how was that? Did you ask Rob how that was last last night? night? Oh, man. Yeah, he said, like, everybody, like, Mario and Cody woke up the next day and didn't feel very normal. Rob said that he was just, like, ready to go, ready to roll. He had some cake the next day and was ready to party. Uh, Guy's a legend. Good for him. How How long did it take them to, like, finish all those nuggets? I think it was, like, the entire show. He said, yeah, like, I, by the end of it, they were, like, doing, like, hook shots in their mouths just to, like, get them down. And have you? I don't know. Have you to seen... be honest, like, I'm kind of disturbed by it. Shots. I'm kind of grossed out by it, to be honest, man. That's but, that's way too many nuggets. Have you, seen right? the, uh, the fa- have you seen the fantasy football punishment for the guys that have to go to Waffle House? And each waffle that you eat, you got to stay in there 24 hours. Each waffle that you eat shaves off an hour that you have to be in there. I think that's brilliant. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, Chris Long, I listened to his podcast, The Green Light Pod, and that's what him and his buddies do. And he lost last year and had to do it. He, like, did the broadcast pretty much from there. See, I can't, like, force feed myself. I would rather just be like, look, here's $800 extra, whatever you guys want. We don't do the punishments in my league. They're just big yeah, money like leagues. So, like, losing, losing a ton of money on something that you have to pay attention to for, like, six months of your life, that's punishment enough. Uh so really good stuff with Cam. We even got into the Masters, which Scotty Scheffler right now, the favorite, John Rahm right behind him. Let's get to some college basketball scores, then we'll talk a little bit about the Niners. You just heard that catch from Brandon Ayuk. Is he going to be part of the run next year? Right now, Illinois, this game's getting sweaty, 82-73. Uh, it's Ooh. a nine-point game. I need Penn State not to lose by eight, hence the uh, plus seven and a half bet. Duke up 20 on Miami. We're going to move on from that one. Florida up one on Alabama, 55-54. Dayton and George Mason tied up at 42. J- uh, George Mason, a one-and-a-half-point dog. But to back that, it's minus 140. Johnny's up 17, Peach. There we go. The fight. Come on, baby. The best thing that happened to us probably was actually uh, Georgetown cutting into that lead to go probably right. the half. Because you know Patino. I mean, you heard what he did at that press conference. You know, I would have loved to be a, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall uh, at halftime, man. You know, he just ripped those guys to shreds. You know it, man. Uh, 58-44 right now. All right, Peach, the San Francisco 49ers. Favorites to win the Super Bowl, makes sense. Favorites to win the NFC, makes sense. But this Brandon Ayuk stuff's really interesting. Um, You know, they think that there's a chance... You might get moved, man. I mean, there was been a couple insiders, uh, you know, that have talked about this a little bit. The Niners would save ten point thirty nine million in two thousand twenty four by extending Ayuk, but I think that there's also a chance he gets moved. Uh, Dan Graziano has had this as well, you know, that he thinks that he's a possible trade candidate. And remember, there was that weird stuff with I don't know if it's his wife or his girlfriend after the game where she's like, "We're not even going to be here anymore." You know, you had members of his like crew on social media like, "We might not be here anymore." He wants more targets. I think he probably should have had more targets in that Super Bowl. I was glad that he didn't get them because I played the under on his receptions at five and a half. You think Brandon Ayuk's mm-hmm. a member of the 49ers? I, I think they got to bring him back, man. I think 
Brandon Ayuk's got better every year. Remember two years ago, he was in Kyle Shanahan's doghouse. And then last year, he was their best wide receiver. I agree with you. And as much as I love Debo, and as good as that guy is, and man, is he good. Like, he's not the most durable, right? It feels like every season, there's always a stretch where, like, he misses, like, three or four games, or throughout a season, he'll miss, like, four or five games. So, I agree with you, man. Ayuk's durable. He's one of the best route runners in the league. Ryan, what nobody's talking about with San Francisco, should they just pay Purdy right now? Because that's that's the inevitable. Like, that's what's coming, right? They have all these stars on their team, but in the back of John Lynch's head, in the back of Shanahan's head, they know they got to pay the quarterback. Wouldn't you just bite the bullet right now? Like, take the chance. I don't think anybody is 100% sold on Purdy, but look, you made the Super Bowl with them, and you very easily could have won that game. So it's not a question of can you get there and can you win it? Like, you know you can. I think, like, all this talk about what are they going to do with Ayuk, what are they going to do with Trey Greenlaw, what are they going to do with some of these other guys, I think they got to take care of Purdy, man, because, look, we just know in today's NFL, the price for the QB is just going to continue to go up, and it's going to go up, and it's going to go up. I mean, we were all talking about this cycle with Lamar and Burrow and Herbert and Hertz got paid. I mean, we're already talking about what what Houston's number is going to have to be for C.J. Stroud when he's going to get paid, right? I mean, that number is going to be insane. So you certainly don't have to pay Brock Purdy Lamar money. You don't have to pay him Herbert money, any of those guys. But, you know, I think you can get away with, like, I mean, if Daniel Jones got four years 160, I'm thinking that's probably what Purdy's thinking is somewhere around that neighborhood, right? Maybe, Maybe a little bit more. But I think San Francisco's got to take care of Purdy, and that will make their life so much easier. Because right now, they're trying to go year by year, trying to keep a hold of their team. Why don't you just pay your quarterback and then see how else you can take care of the roster? Yeah. And, I mean, you saw the guys that started games in the National Football League last year, right? I mean, it right. was like Josh Dobbs had a little run there and Tommy DeVito. So I agree. And Brock Purdy's not the reason that they lost that Super Bowl. I thought he played pretty well. I like I Purdy, man. The only thing that would concern me a little bit is like how much money you have to commit. I, I would like a Daniel Jones type deal for Brock Purdy, like you said. Um, kind of like that second tier quarterback. You can't make him one of the higher paid quarterbacks. Like when we see that Dak Prescott's going to reset the market, I don't think you could do that with Brock Purdy. I'd have, I'd have some worries. Like you know, based off you're doing that off one Super Bowl appearance. Reminds me a little bit of the Jared Goff, Todd Gurley situation that the Rams had. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I do think you got to get pretty taken care of, man. Penn State, sorry, Peach, they just cut it to seven. There's been like 18 opportunities where there's been turnovers and they're missing wide open threes. Like this, they, they should legitimately be down like two points right now. Um, we got 234 to go. They're down seven. I have seven and a half. You know, you know what scares me more about San Francisco than maybe like Brandon Ayuk getting moved or the 18 unrestricted free agents, maybe Kyle Juszczyk not being back. What scares me more is how healthy they've been the last four years for all these runs. Like, they've had some injuries. Like, Debo's been dinged. George Kittle's been dinged. But for the most part, they've been healthy. And that was the same thing that I said about the Bengals coming into the season when everybody liked the Bengals. I was like, man, the last three years, these runs, they've been really healthy. Injury regression's a real thing. Like, it happens, man. So, yeah, San Francisco's the smart pick. But I don't think I'd put my money down at the, at, like at these prices right now for the Niners. I bet the Green Bay Packers to win the Super Bowl at 25-1. to 1. Not because I'm a homer. Like, I just think that's a ridiculous price for a team that was two games away from the Super Bowl. Has some early draft picks because of the Aaron Rodgers trade. Not early, but like 25 and then two second-round picks. You know what I mean? Like, if they want to move up and get a guy, they can. If they want to trade back and stockpile some picks, 
They can. I feel good about the Lions. I thought the Lions were going to be a, re- a regression candidate, but they were able to bring back Ben Johnson, meaning Jared yep. Goff's not going to go back to being Jared Goff the pumpkin. He'll be Jared Goff that we've seen the last two years in Detroit. I don't know. There might be more competition. Philadelphia is bringing some smart people back in the building. It's not just going to be that doofus Sirianni in charge. As Penn State again hits a big jumper to make it a nine eight point game with two minutes to go. Oh boy, this is the hardest part about it. doing that MGM tonight. Page is like, you know, got a couple hundred on Penn State and they're missing wide open corner threes and refusing to uh, box out. I feel like my uh, like my uncle right now. I'm just going to start screaming box out. If you had to place a wager today on any team in the NFC, it's a free bet takeaway price. Is it the Niners? Or, like, is there a sneaky team that you think maybe maybe is there as we hit a three? Man, I do like your Packers. Uh, the yeah. Lions the Lions intrigue me um, as well, just because, like you said, Ben Johnson coming back is so big. It's not only that, though. It's like if the Lions really just focus this offseason on improving their pass defense, what's their weakness? Their run defense is awesome. They got a great young back in Gibbs. They got a number one in Amon Ra, a great tight end in Laporta. Golf is really good, uh, especially when you get him in warm weather and indoors. Their run defense, like I said, was really like, what's what's the weakness? Maybe Dan Campbell going it for it too much is like the weakness. But if they solve the secondary, man, I uh, I think Detroit is like really intriguing to me. Outside of those two teams in the NFC North, I can't get there with Dallas, not as and Philly, not no. as long as uh, I, I think Philly, man. I'm I'm not buying this like bounce back. I think that team that we saw the second half of the season last year might be a, a little bit more of that. Dallas, I think, will be a playoff team, but I can't take them seriously with McCarthy as head coach. So, yeah, the NFC is an interesting. Let me tell you, if Cousins comes back to Minnesota, intriguing team. That's that's an interesting team because you got Cousins, you got Jefferson, you got Hawkinson, and the way Flores had that defense playing, very underrated. Yeah. Like the NFC North, I think, is the division to bet on next year for NFC futures. Um, Seattle, if, if they still ride with Geno, like that's not going to be a team that makes the Super Bowl. The Rams are like one injury away from on offense from like being terrible, and Raheem Morris being gone is a big deal to their defense. Arizona should be a better team, um, but certainly not a team that I, I think will be like contending for a Super Bowl or anything like that. So, and we'll see what Atlanta does. Like if Atlanta goes out and get Justin Fields, maybe they could be interesting. Um, the the Vikings would certainly be the long shot that I would look at, and then uh, yeah, man, Packers and uh, and the Lions. I I kind of like yeah. in the NFC. I agree with what you said about Detroit. Their only weakness is their pass defense. Like that second time that they played Green Bay, Matt LaFleur just had them figured out, right? They played a ton of man, and Jordan Love picked them apart. Sorry, Peach, 30 seconds to go, seven-point game, three-pointer from Penn State is good! They cut it to four. 89-85, 35 seconds to go. Holy, I just almost swore. Sometimes you forget that we're live on the air. No, but okay. So, like, that's what makes me feel good about Green Bay, man. And... Like, it might be a bad thing, actually, if they win the Super Bowl, other than the 25-1 to 1 Super Bowl price that I bet, because everybody's going to kill me for the Jordan Love stuff, because I still, I don't know if you know this, Peach, love Aaron Rodgers, right? But I like Jordan Love, too. And now you got rid of Joe Barry, who I never understood why he was hired in the first place. He was literally, literally, the defensive coordinator of the worst team in football history, right? He was the defensive coordinator of an 0-16 football team. How he got that job, I have no idea. He must have lied on his – well, he's LaFleur's boy. 
But now you have, I hope, somebody with a clue taking over the defense. You have some draft picks. I would love, I've been texting you like for the last two days about this. Give me Kool-Aid McKinstry. I need him. I've watched so much Kool-Aid McKinstry tape. I Dude, he's given up three touchdowns in three years at Alabama. Every year he's, he's only given up one touchdown. And like you said, he plays man-on-man coverage. You could put him on an island. I need him. But unless like the Lions are able to draft, what, the two best DBs, spend some money in free agency and fix that pass defense, I don't know how much they're going to be able to fix that thing. And like they played a ton of man against Jordan Love and the Packers, and Jordan Love picked them apart. And the Bears are going to be better in the NFC North. You, you brought up the Vikings. I'm a believer in Caleb Williams. And I'm a believer in Penn State cherry-picking the inbound pass. And now it's a two-point game, Peach, with 26 seconds to go. Can you well, feel don't the give electricity us, here? Don't give us overtime. Barrel. Don't give us no, overtime. Don't even, don't even, I will leap through this screen right now, Paige, and I will slap no. you across your beautiful face. Oh, really quick. I was going to tease this, but screw it. We were lied to, by the way, in Vegas by our man Jack. Yes, he does represent George Kittle, and he does represent Sam Laporta, but was I seven vodkas deep, or did he really tell us that he represented Cody Bellinger, and then, like, we were no. He lied to us about that, dude, because Ricketts just talked about this, and I had to go back and look. He's a Boris co- uh, client. Oh, Cody Jack. is. Jack, why are you? Unless he's like Jack got you all excited manager. about that, too, because that's, I mean, yeah. you, you even asked him. Oh, Jack. Yeah, no. he lied to me. So I was thinking I about Jack. That Cody Bellinger is coming back to the north side of Chicago because he doesn't represent him. First thing I said to Jack behind the scenes, I said, Hey, what do you do? You know, he was asking what we do. And he's like, I'm an agent. And I go, oh, yeah? And I liked his I liked his swag, and I liked the way he was, like, doing dead sprints after every roulette hit. I was like, you want to represent me? And he's like, do you throw, catch, or tackle? And I was like, I do not. I have not since 2004. And he's like, I do not want to represent you. And I was like, I love this guy. But I don't know, yeah. man. I don't know if I'm in or out on Jack now after after that Cody Bellinger stuff because – I was. I went home. I couldn't even enjoy the Vegas trip. I barely enjoyed Bruno Mars, Peach, because in the back of my head I was thinking, Cubs spent $40 million on a manager, can't even bring back Cody Bellinger. Who, let's be honest, if Cody Bellinger does go back to Chicago, he's not having the season that he had last year. He's going back to say, like 187, dude. <laughs> it's not like this guy's, I mean, it's not like he's Trout in his prime or it's not like he's Acuna. No. I mean, like he's Cody Bellinger and you want him back so bad. It's kind of funny. Yeah. I, well, I know, but like, what's the alternative? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like, true. I have my like my brothers like get, sending me text messages about dudes in Iowa, and I'm like, I do not want to go through this again. Like, please give me Cody Bellinger. All right, we'll take a quick break. We got Would You Rather coming up. Hopefully, we have a Nittany Lions cover. I hijacked that segment. I apologize. 69, 67, 27 seconds to go. They're live in a high school gym in Pennsylvania. Let's go. Let the conversation continue with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Oh, hey, everybody. Ryan Horvath here with my good friend PJ Glasser. He's filling in for Trista and Nick, one man doing the job of two because that's what he does. Don't mind me. I'm just withdrawing some cash because we got a winner. Nittany Lions outright. I believe when we went to the break, they were down 10 or something like that. They were down five. They win. 90 to 89 in a game I'm going to have to rewatch on the Big Ten Network. All hell just broke loose. 
Let me just withdraw some cash here, Peach. This is why I love... Look at good news. Your withdrawal has been requested. And I'm not just saying this because of the show sponsor. And we just stayed at the beautiful Aria Resort in beautiful Las Vegas and did our show from the beautiful sports book in Mandalay Bay. But BetMGM, man, they're on top of their game right now. We got Tom Brady and ads, right? People overreacting to that. Oh, no. We're winning bets. And they're not kicking us off, right? And also... That'll be in my account in like five minutes. That's why we're the king of sports books. They are the king of sports books. Right now, Peach, Nebraska up 13 to 6 on Indiana, but Penn State wins outright. This is what happens, though. This is why I told you I love Illinois, right? I grew up there, been a fan for years, pretty much my entire life. I just do not trust Brad Underwood. It was a sad, sad day when Bill Self, that, that traitor, left us for Kansas. And it was a sad, sad day when Bruce Weber took his team to the national championship game. Couldn't get the job done. And now it's a sad, sad day when I hear you trusting Illinois come March with Brad Underwood on the bench as they fall to Penn State on the road. There's just something, though, about home teams in, in the Big Ten, man. It's, uh, it's crazy. All right. We'll get to some other scores because, unfortunately, now we have to sweat St. John's, who's up 70-59 to 59 on Georgetown. Let me hit refresh. Okay, that is the score. So uh, they're up 11. Duke, we're just going to count Miami as a loser. They're down 67-42. They're 23.5-point dogs. Uh, Florida's up 72-67 on Bama. George Mason is up 55-53 on 16th-ranked Dayton at home. No live lines for any of these available right now. Uh, St. John's, like we said, they're up 11. They're 11.5-point favorites. If they win by 11, that's great for us. Total of 160.5. Starting in 15 minutes. Marquette's a 27 and a half point favorite over DePaul. Earlier we had Meg McDonald on. She likes Marquette at 27 and a half. I played the over at 148 and a half. I still like it at 150 and a half. And uh, she said she likes LSU tonight. Six and a half point dogs at home against Kentucky. Total 163 and a half. I'm going to stay away. I do got one more though. Uh, UNLV Air Force under 138. I'm sorry, 131 and a half. Uh, coming up at 11 p.m. Anything else for you, Peach, that you want to throw out there before we get into a little uh, would you rather here on a Wednesday? Yeah, no, just uh, just those bets. I did get New Mexico at five and a half, but they're up to seven and a half now against Colorado State. So don't like it as much with those extra couple points. Just sweating out all these games with you. We need uh, we need Indiana. We need St. John's badly here. Miami, a huge disappointment. I took Florida live plus eight and a half. So that's uh, that's looking really good, but. Yeah, just uh, just hoping to cash some tickets here, Horvat. Hoping to be like you after that Penn State win. I know. I feel like that was like my high, and now this is like the come down. A second ago, I wanted to jump through the screen. I think I saw Chop Robinson there, Drew Aller, James Franklin. I'd put him in a headlock for costing me money against Michigan this year. I don't know why I took the four and a half. Uh, but, man, what a win for Penn State. Nice little victory. The Big Ten's crazy. Hopefully we get another uh, – home favorite or home dog what did indiana close as a dog no they were a favorite in this game right one and a half yeah one and a half point favorites so it yeah, opened as a pick minus 110 and then uh they close minus 135 minus one and a half that's what i thought all right i'll give the voice and the heart a little rest and we'll get into a uh, little would you rather here on a wednesday with our executive producer Scott it's Lester. now time to play would you rather with BetMGM tonight on the BetQL Network. Yeah, watching boys the show and... on Twitch or YouTube, you see Scott, you got a Penn State sweatshirt on, don't you? It happens to be, let me adjust the camera a little bit, it's uh, from the Whiteout 2022. 
So yes. Damn. Would you, you rather? You might have to wear that every bag. time. You might have to wear that every time I place a wager on Penn State. You might be uh you might be the good luck charm. Uh what do we got here on a uh, would you rather Wednesday? I just got a text from my kid and we do have a, a member of the Lynn family who is a sophomore up at Penn State and he simply texted yeah, it's a great win for the NIT resume. Cynical <laughs> little blank. I don't know what we're doing. We may be raising them right. He's he's not wrong uh, there, though. They're probably still going to be out. I mean, we'll see. Still got a couple games to play. But, uh, hey, big winner in my eyes, though. Big winner for my uh, for my wallet. That's all that matters. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned Cam Rogers. If you missed the great segment where he talked about the yeah. Mexico Open at uh, Vedanta Vallarta, uh, he, too, was on Penn State. And he texted right back. He's like, hey, thanks. I needed that because I had Miami. So, uh, you know, it, 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 the, the betting goddesses uh, taketh and they giveth or something Indeed. like that. All right, boys, let's do it, PJ. You're in the guest chair, so you can go first. Would you rather on a Wednesday? Would you rather the Yankees win the World Series or the Mariners win the American League? Free bet either way. Both are currently 9-1 to one at show and network sponsor BetMGM Yanks World Series. Mariners, American League, both 9-1. to one. Would you rather, Mr. Glasser? Mr. Lynn, if I had to make a choice, I think I'd rather take Seattle to win the AL pennant. I just, look, the Yankees haven't been in a World Series since 2009, let alone win it. I don't think that pitching staff is going to be as great as maybe what it looks on paper. Stroman had a great start to the season, and he kind of fizzled out like he normally does. Carlos Rodon, they're relying on him a lot. He's coming back from injury. Is he going to be successful? I just got a lot of questions after Garrett Cole. And then the lineup, look, Judge is awesome. Soto's awesome. They're both favorite favorites to win the AL MVP for good reason. But you know Stanton's going to be sidelined for two months. You know Judge is going to go on the DL. They don't have much speed. They're not that great defensively. Um, but because they're the Yankees, you got to pay a big tax on them. So for me, just from what I think is has a better chance of happening and which price is better, it'd be Seattle just because of the way that they pitch. They have a great superstar in Julio Rodriguez. And I kind of like teams that have their year where they peak and then they set back a little bit like the Mariners did when they missed the postseason. Kind of everybody jumps off the bandwagon a little bit. That creates some value in the betting space. So if I had to choose, would you rather give me Seattle to win the AL over the Yankees winning the World Series? Completely agree. I mean, the Yankees lineup is absolutely ridiculous. Like they could score eight to nine runs, 10 runs a game. They legitimately can, especially if Juan Soto has a bounce back year. If Aaron Judge stays healthy all season long, you know, um, but like Peach said, man, obviously Garrett Cole's the real deal. He's the favorite every single season to win AL Cy Young. But I just don't trust Marcus Stroman to stay healthy for an entire season. Hate to say it. He always has a good two to three months. Um, maybe this is the year he finally does stay healthy. But I would go with Seattle. Seattle's really damn good. And the problem for them last year is they're just in the best division in all of baseball. But they were really good in August. Julio Rodriguez is an absolute star. I like the addition of Jorge Polanco. They have J.P. Crawford. Um you know, if Garver can stay healthy, I really like the rotation too. I like the Mariners. Problem is I do it with the Mariners every year. They were always like my side piece team. I grew up a Cub fan, but love the Mariners because of Griffey, <laughs> because of A-Rod and Jay Buhner and Edgar Martinez and Randy Johnson. Those were always my favorite teams. Plus the jerseys are the dopest ever. But um, I'm going to stay away from the future so I don't jinx them this year. But I would go Seattle, too. I just can't do it with the Yanks, man. I like Baltimore more in that division. I really do. I love the Corbin Burns pickup. 
I might play some Cy Young futures. I think he's going to have a bounce back here. They put so much pressure on him in Milwaukee. You remember how weird it was when they won the arbitration case against them? They pretty much blamed him for missing out on the postseason, one year removed from winning the Cy Young. And he was almost a 20-game winner that season as well. So I think he just wanted to be the hell out of there. So I'm really excited for the O's. I'd go with Seattle here. All right, boys. We'll keep it with some baseball. Would you rather, Ryan, start with you, bet a Dodger or the field to win the NL MVP? Some, some odds right now at BetMGM, show sponsor, network sponsor, Mookie plus 650, Shohei 9-1, to Freddie Freeman 11-1. to You get a Dodger or you get the field, Horvy. Would you rather? Yeah, this is a great question right here, and I'm going to take the field, kind of like in college hoops. Like, I'll lay the minus 330, and I'm going to take the 67-plus team, 68, whatever the hell it is now we've expanded the tournament. And, you know, you guys can have UConn and Purdue, especially with the NIL and the transfer portal. It's going to get wild like it always does. In baseball, like, I'm going to make that case against the Dodgers just because there's so much talent. Like, what does Mookie Betts need to do to win that award over Shohei? And – you know, Shohei is always an obvious pick or an easy pick because his skill set. I mean, he takes the ball every five days, but this year he legitimately can't do that because he has the injury. So he's not going to pitch until next season. So he's a DH. Me and Rob Brown talked about this last night. Even if he hits 285, 40 homers, 120 RBI, you know, I don't think he's going to win the MVP without the pitching numbers. And Mookie Betts, like, what does he have to do, you know, to win MVP over Otani or over Freeman? There's almost just like so much talent that I think that that's going to cost one of these guys or all these guys MVP looks. Whereas Ronald Acuna Jr., I know he's plus 525, and I know it's chalky, but like we talked about last night, he's a created player. His skill set, he could hit 40-plus homers. He could steal 40-plus bases. I mean, he's great. You get a couple other guys. You get Corbin Carroll, who I placed the bet on at 18-1. to 1. I wish I would have waited because now that's 20-1. to 1. You get Matt Olson. You get Bryce Harper who could stay healthy this season and have a monster year. I would go with the field over the Dodgers just because they're all so good that I think it might outweigh, they might outweigh each other. That makes sense. I compl- Yeah, I completely agree with Ryan. I would rather take the field. I think something that's going to be interesting to watch with the MVP award, uh, award over the next couple of years, because of the new stolen base rules and the season that Acuna was able to have, right? 40 homers, 70 bags, and you're like, who could do this? I think it's going to surprise some people like what players could do that this year if they stay healthy, right? Like De La Cruz could do that. Corbin Carroll, who you just mentioned, O'Neill Cruz, Acuna could certainly do it again. Like I think some of the eye-popping numbers that these dudes can have who can hit and have speed, I think are going to outweigh just these great pure hitters like a Freddie Freeman, like a Matt Olson, like an Otani without the hitting. So I would take the field just because, again, like Trey Turner could be another guy to watch. Obviously, if he has the second half of the season he did last year to put it together. I just think those guys that can steal and then also have the power, to me, that's where the value is. And none of these guys, Betts, Otani, or Freeman, can really do that. Yeah, man. A good question. Another one we could throw out there, the Braves, the Dodgers, or the field. Now, that would get interesting. Uh, right now, Nebraska, mm. unfortunately, have 22-11 on Indiana. Peach, good news for your tide. Oh. I know you took Florida, but they came back and tied this game at 77. So, I things saw are that. Oh, yeah, I'm watching. Too. I know. You were distracted with Penn State. Now I got Bama. I'm focused on them. Final four minutes to see what happens. We're going to hit on some NFL free agency when we come back. It's BetMGM tonight. Hour number three, Ryan Horvath, PJ Glasson. Next on the BetQL Network.